0: Welcome to The Reporter Podcast with Bo Berman. Hey everybody, this is Reporter, the podcast that delves into the minds and lives of broadcast news reporters and anchors, delivering a behind-the-scenes look at their careers, methods, best practices, and personal stories from the trenches of journalism. And Today, we have the first ever sports anchor and reporter on the show in Kyle Scott. Now, Kyle is someone I worked with back at KOSA TV, CBS 7, but prior to working there, uh, starting in 2008, Kyle had worked at WPSD TV as well as, after that, W-O-W-K and W-L-E-X, so four different stations for a number of years. He's now the owner of Revived Productions, a video production company, and Kyle and I reconnected actually uh, via LinkedIn, Whenever I saw that he was doing a workshop and leading a workshop uh, that he's putting together for journalists uh, with some really, really good content from what I've seen so far. So, Kyle, thanks for uh, getting up with me on this. This is a Sunday morning. We're recording and uh, joining the podcast.
1: Awesome, Joe. Uh, bro, I'm so you know honored to be here. I think this is awesome what you're doing. It's obviously right along the lines of what what, what I'm doing, just in a different platform. So, you know, when I saw that you were doing this, obviously... Um, I thought we could connect the dots and you know get reunited. You know, help one another out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to uh, reconnect with you. And that's you know I've said it before on this podcast, but that's kind of honestly the the joy of uh, of doing this is that you know oftentimes I'm getting to just have conversations with people who I would love to just catch up with anyway. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty natural, it's pretty authentic. You know, we might as well just press record on the conversation right. um, that we would probably have over the phone anyway. So right. Um, so you you were. Uh, you know, in, in local TV um, for uh, a number of years uh, from 2006 to 2015. So uh, just under Correct. 10 years. Um, and one thing I've wondered, I'll always wondered, especially with sports reporters and anchors is like, we'll, we'll dive right into it here. But um, did you ever get nervous? You know, cause you've interviewed some pretty big sports heroes, sports stars. Did you ever get nervous when you were interviewing one of them? Like nervous in the sense of like, Oh man, this is like a hero of mine. Um, Yeah, you know, how did you navigate
1: that? You know, I obviously first starting out, I was like a deer in headlights. I really didn't know. um, Honestly, I wasn't prepared for my first job, and I talk about that, um, you know, in the workshop that I that I'll have. And and actually, my first sports director even says in a testimony that I put on my website just about how I wasn't prepared and that they did me a disservice by. Um, hiring me in the first place, um, just because i it was, uh, you know, you mentioned WPSD. For those of you who don't know that's, a, you know, that's a mid-sized market. I was number 80-something, and I was straight out of college. So I was as green as you could possibly be, but yet somehow I slipped through the cracks, got that opportunity. And so starting out, I can just remember being nervous anytime I really went out to cover something, because I really didn't know what I was doing I did but I didn't if that makes you know any sense as far as I didn't really you know understand you know what to expect and what to do but with that said to answer your question specifically um you know I can remember interviewing um let's see you know right right out the gate my very first job like I said was in Paducah 2006 I covered the World Series with our weekend anchor and so immediately I get a taste of what it's like at the highest level you know I see media I got the job in August Um, so immediately I saw, um, what it was like, uh, at the highest level. So I was around professional athletes, you know, other professional journalists from, you know, ESPN on. So, um, you know, there was certainly at first a lot of nerves and a lot of, you know, a lot of jitters. Um, and it really, you know, as you start to do it, you get used to it, as you know, um, that feeling of, um, you know, for lack of better words, going through the motions of having a conversation that is your job to do, um, you know, as objectively as possible. And, and it is difficult with sports, at least speaking from, you know, my point of view as someone who loves sports growing up, I did have an opportunity to interview, you know, people that I either looked up to or idolized. Um, one of the first people that just popped into my head was Larry Johnson, you know, so that that dates us a little bit because I know you know who uh, Grandma Ma is. So um, he uh, he came to Odessa. Uh, so that was my second job, uh, but he was the first one to pop in my head because I think that was my first childhood um, athlete that I really you know um, was a huge fan of. So that was cool to meet him and to interview him. Um, but that happened in Texas. But even again back when I was in Paducah, I, I had the opportunity to interview professional athletes, uh, Hall of Famers. Lou Brock comes to mind. Uh, that was an incredible opportunity. I was, I can remember being really nervous, but at the same time, he was such a welcoming man that i real really, I mean, I couldn't tell you one question that I asked him. I mean, to be honest, it's been so long, but mm-hmm. I just remember the way he made, the way he made me feel, you know, comfortable. He could probably tell that I was nervous. Um, you know, and, and he spent time actually talking to me before and after got a picture taken with him. Um, so that was a, a really neat moment to meet someone like that and to interview someone like that. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, I certainly got nervous at times. Um, I think if you're not feeling those, uh, you know, the, the blood flowing and you're not getting excited about it, then, then it might be time to really think about if you're even passionate about it anymore, because you have to be passionate in this line of work to really, uh, to stand out and to separate yourself. I feel like from the others, you know, that, that will show, you know, if, you know, people will pick up on if you're passionate about your job, and, and I tried to never really take it for granted because it was an incredible opportunity to get paid to cover sports. Now, albeit it wasn't a ton of money, especially at first, uh, it even up until my time in Lexington, it wasn't a ton of money. But the price tag for going to the World Series, to go in the you know, Major League Baseball, All-Star Game, uh, Home Run Derby, um, everything for free, you know, and you're getting paid to do it. So, um, you know, I, I was always – excited about the opportunity to to talk to someone new and I and I never really tried to take advantage of that and get callous to that feeling of being excited to talk to, you know, a professional athlete or, you know, just some little league um player. So, um to feel nerves I think was a good thing and it's something that I can still recall feeling from time to time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, you know, I've always felt that way, actually, which is that, like, if you're not a little bit nervous for something important coming up in your life, then mm-hmm. that generally means that you don't care about it. I mean, sure. you know, so it's like a little bit of nerves are good. Cause that means mm-hmm. the, that you care, you know, no matter what yeah. you're talking about. And I've, I've always been a big believer in that. Um, so uh, do you, you know, you mentioned like you were able to get a picture um, with, with, what was it? Lou Brock. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, and, and this is like, there's no right or wrong answer to this. But I'm just curious, like, do you think it's appropriate if you see like a young, you know, sports reporter, uh, a, a young lady, young man um, on the job, and, and you see mm-hmm. them like, you know, taking a selfie with someone they've just interviewed or whatever? How appropriate do you think that is? And, and I ask that actually yeah. as, like a, as a news guy, because I think in the, you know, general assignment news, it's probably less appropriate, you know, where mm-hmm. you're trying to be more, more and more objective. But in sports, it's kind of a fine line, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And honestly, I've never thought about it from the news perspective, because I think that I would look at it the same way that I think maybe you do like, Hey, you know, you're supposed to be objective, you know, no, you know, don't show your hand, so to speak. Uh, But as you just kind of mentioned, like sports, you're supposed to have fun. Not that you can't have fun covering news, but sports is, you know, um, you know, it, it just brings light to a situation. And, and with, with me, you know, I didn't. I, I definitely didn't think it was appropriate to get an autograph. That would that never um, crossed my mind, regardless of who it was. Like I said, Lou Brock, that never crossed my mind. Um, but I thought photos were appropriate. If anything, I thought it was, um, you know, it, it, um, it. It's kind of recognizing that individually. Like say, hey, you know, I know who you are. I respect who you are, um, and I just like to have an opportunity to document this, other than just tell people. Uh, I'd love to get a you know picture with you. And that's kind of how I went about it. I'd always, you know, just be like, do you mind if we get a picture together? And this is, um, you know, when, when Lou Brock and I did it, like I said, it was probably 2006 or seven. Um, and Larry Johnson, I got a picture with him. A lot of athletes I got a picture with never asked for an autograph because I, I never thought that was appropriate, but I thought pictures, that was fine. And it wasn't until after the fact, you know, I went in there to do my job. And as we're talking, Um, if I had that opportunity to talk with them, because I didn't get an opportunity to, you know, take a picture with with everyone, you know, that I interviewed over the years. But if the opportunity presented itself, then I would ask for it. I definitely did not go out of my way to, you know, just barge in on them and say, Hey, can we get a picture now? And, you know, hold up. Well, I don't think I ever got a selfie with, you know, a a public figure or a professional athlete. I think I always had someone take the picture for me um, just to get a better uh, picture in and of itself. But um, so to answer your question, you know, for sports, I, I thought it was fine. You know, the photos were fine. I think it's all kind of how you handle it and how you approach it. And, um, you know, you're, you're there to do your job and to do your job. And, um, you know, after that, if you have an opportunity to talk with them a little more, you get a feel if, if they'll even, you know, take a picture with you, then, then, uh, take the opportunity would be what I suggest, because I mean, the opportunity to take a picture with someone like Lou Brock. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, I got a picture with Ricky Henderson as well. So anyone knows baseball, those are the top two men when it comes to stolen bases. So I've got a picture with number one and number two on the list of, you know, major league baseball all time stolen bases. So I think that's a rare thing that, you know, I had the opportunity, like, again, I could always say that and you can take my word for it or not, but to have a picture taken with them, um, That's something that I know that, that I cherish and, and, and can look at and say, you know, look what I did, you know, and, and not forget it, you know, cause I can actually have a tangible uh, picture and just go back to that moment. So I think it's okay. Um, at least in sports, I can't speak in news, but I certainly can see the divide between the two. Um, yeah, so I can yeah. see both sides. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I like, I like the point you bring up about, uh, about how actually, I hadn't really thought of it this way, but that it's actually a way to kind of like honor the person and kind of like show them that you recognize who they are. And I I like that, that thought process there. And also the fact that you kind of draw the line with autographs, you know, it might be a little weird if you show up with uh, 20 (laughs) baseball cards and, Hey man, can I I get a signature from my, from my son? You clearly have an agenda at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Sign this towel. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, that, that all makes sense. Um, Actually when I was in Midland, this reminds me, I got a, uh, I actually did, did take a photo with somebody uh, who I interviewed for the news. And it was with uh, it was with T Boone Pickens, who, for those who don't know, he's like an oil mogul, uh, actually probably one of the richest people in the, in the world. Uh, T yeah. Boone Pickens, and uh, I inter- he was at some like symposium at uh, the local university, and I asked him afterwards if I could take a picture with him, and I still uh-huh. have it. And he just looks so angry in this photo; it's just hilarious. <laughs> I've I, lo- I look like this young kid with this huge smile, and he just looks like what the heck am I doing, you know right now but uh yeah. I'm, I'm still glad that i did it but uh and I also, yeah. I also got one with uh my favorite one is with uh spud webb actually yeah uh, uh-huh. he, he was in midland for a talk um some charity dinner or something like that And I, I forget how i even ended up at it i think like our news director maybe gave me tickets to it or something and uh-huh. um, but I, I love that picture because first of all he's smiling big he looks he looks great and, uh, and then I'm like towering over him and I'm not a tall guy. I'm average height, but like, I'm like yeah. towering over him. And it's, it makes it even more amazing that I'm like this dude won the NBA dunk contest and he's like right. five, five. I mean, it's incredible, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: I met Spud at the, uh, at the airport when he came in. So I also got a picture taken with him as well. And I've got that one. And just like you said, I mean, that, that's, uh, that was cool for me. Cause that's another guy that I was super small growing up. And as an athlete, it's like, man, this guy did it, why can't I do it? So that was really cool to meet him and get that picture taken. So that's funny that you got your picture taken with Spud as well.
0: Yeah, that is that is funny. Um, yeah, but no, absolutely. He's also like, you know, as anyone like under six feet tall, I feel like you you kind of draw inspiration from the the smaller athletes out there at times. Yep. And, uh, you know, I always did like Spud Webb, I thought it was just so cool that he like persevered with his height and uh, won the, the damn dunk contest. And then also, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean it's embarrassing, but like I always kinda liked Muggsy Bogues. You know, he was yeah, <laughs> he was five three. Um, yeah. you know, and and he was in the, the NBA, you know, and, and uh if anybody ever wants to see a funny picture who who's not in the sports world, look up uh you know, Muggsy Bogues and Manute Bowl. Uh Minute Bowl oh, yeah. and Muggsy Bogues, and they have that great photo where they're standing together and Minute Bowl <laughs> is like seven eleven and it's crazy. Yeah. But uh yeah. okay, so back to uh back to the podcast uh main content <laughs> here. Um so you were you were in local news like like we said for basically nine you know ten years um and you know i worked with you and and remember visiting the the sports office uh quite often actually to, to hang out with you and krista and yeah um krista lander actually who for those who don't know who who also worked at uh kosa in, in texas with us and um
1: but what made you what made you exit local news in uh 2015 yeah that's a great question so um You know, at the end of the day, it it just came down to family. You know, my wife, you know, just kind of she calls it a coming to Jesus moment, like, look, something's gotta change. This is, you know, uh, you know, you're working 20 plus hours on a weekend, you're working every weekend. Um, you know, your off days are Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it may be, and um you're you're working holidays and 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 the reality is the more you know experience and the higher you get up in the business, the more of those days. You're working more of those hours you're working because you get to a major market. You're, you know, the, the biggest athlete, you know, the sporting events are on Saturday and Sunday. So um, that was never going to change. And um, you know, so I, I just had to really step back and look at what's more important. Um, and you can certainly have a lifestyle, a family lifestyle and do sports. Plenty of people do it. Um, Joe Dannemann, who's part of my uh, workshop, he's doing it. You know, he's, he's one of two guys in Cincinnati in that sports department. And he's got a a family of three, I believe, uh, three boys. And um, so you can certainly do it. And I, and I don't, you know, that's not the, you know, take a knock at anybody who, you know, pursues it with a family because, you know, he provides for his family that way, but it just wasn't for me anymore. Um, And so I look for other ways to pursue my passion because at the end of the day, my, my passion is just to tell a story. And the reality is with the platforms that we now have, it became real to me that I could do my own thing, especially with technology and the capabilities that we have with, I mean, my camera shoots in 6K and um, I've got a drone, I've got a license to fly it, you know, commercially and use, use it for different projects, you know, all that stuff. If you think about it, like that was impossible 10 years ago, you know, at least what you could afford. So, um, you know, I I just looked at, you know, what I was supposed to do next, what my next purpose or what my purpose is, were in this area because I knew what my skill set was, but how could I utilize it? And um, so I started to pursue my own thing and, and I was still interested in sports and wanted to do, I thought something along the lines of, you know, the E60 documentary work. And so I contacted uh, a team, a coach in in Kentucky before I exited to see if he'd be interested in me in doing a documentary following them around. And he gave me the green light. So I got all access to covering them and got a taste of my first documentary um so my first plan was to stick with sports and do those type of stories um you know where i would uh you know show them was a big question how would i what platform would i use um so i was getting trying to get that figured out along the lines of uh you know where i could you know make money you know to provide but still do what i love to do um so that was tough at first and um I think I, it took me, let's see, I put in my notice in, I believe, April or May, and I left in August. So I gave myself a few months to really prepare as much as possible for my, my own endeavor. And when I broke away, like I said, I, I, I was doing a documentary on the basketball team. I actually was, uh, I eventually pulled in another documentary about um, a mission trip that I went to in Guatemala, and that ended up being the one that opened my eyes to so much that opportunity to document that experience. And that's where things, that's where everything really changed for me. Cause um, I realized here, I was covering sports and here I was doing this mission trip one, both at the same time, uh, way too much work at one time, but I ended up doing them both just because of the timing of all of it. But you know, that opened my eyes, that mission trip experience opened my eyes to so much more And so I started to pursue what I felt like, you know, God was leading me to and what, you know, um, what I was supposed to do. So I really um, focused a lot more on my faith since I left uh, TV and even when I was in TV, but it was, it was always tough for me. So eventually I started to pursue more of what I felt like God had in store for me as opposed to what I wanted to do. And so I went with that. And here five years later, I'm doing nothing related to sports. Every now and then, I will do something, you know, sports-related, I guess. But you know, I'm no longer doing the the, the highlights or even covering, you know, stories or storytelling in the sports arena. But you know, I'm doing other things that are far more fulfilling to me. My, you know, my passions just evolved, and my focus just evolved to more of my family and and to live this. You know, life that we're living now, more of an integrated life. You know, I, I provide for the family, and my wife stays home with the kids, and um, that's uh, well, we've kind of, I would say we were kind of forced into it eventually with you know the season that we're in with uh, COVID nineteen. But she actually left her job before all of this really came, so she she could be home with the kids, and um, it turned out to really were you know we were preparing for this moment all along. I didn't even realize it. So um, you know, I guess that. <clears throat> To to wrap up my answer, um, it was just, you know, where my focus was, and so I I knew it had to be less on myself and more on my faith and my family, and I just took the leap. I mean, honestly, I look back and think, how in the world did I survive, you know, a year or two? The first year was tough, if I'm being honest. I I didn't make a ton of money at all. My wife was working, though, Um, but, you know, by God's grace, here I am five-plus years later doing my own thing and and doing much better than I did when I was in the TV industry uh, financially and, and even, you know, like I said, to make my own schedule, be my own boss and do my own thing uh, is incredibly rewarding. So um, that was my reason for stepping out of TV. And, um, and actually, if I can say one more thing, I actually left in 2015, like you said, but my station asked me to come back in 2016 to cover the high school football season, just mm-hmm. the Friday night game of the week. Um, so I, I kind of tell people, you know, I started in 2016 and I left in 2015, but I actually came back for a season in 2016. So it makes me feel good to say I've got a decade in the business, although I wasn't consecutively a decade, but I cover that span. But I went back for that season. Um, and at that point, like I said, I realized that was no longer my passion. Um, you know, I was no longer looking forward to it, so to speak, to cover it, uh, like I used to you know, kind of like you said, after that very first question, you know, I wasn't not to say, or I definitely wasn't nervous just because I was used to it, but I didn't feel it like I used to feel it. So I knew at that point, this was time for me to hang it up, you know, give some, give the next person the opportunity and pursue what I was passionate about and, uh, you know, felt alive about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good, good stuff there. Um, to hear from you on and, um, you know, about the, even the financial aspect of it and how it was really a struggle at the beginning. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you've been able to, to make it work now. And, and it sounds like you're, Dick, like you said you're doing better financially now than you were, uh, you know, working for a, a local TV station, which is, mm-hmm. um, interesting. I mean, now so you're, so you, so what are you actually doing? You know, talk about briefly your, your company, Revived Productions, and then just talk briefly um, about, uh, mm-hmm. about this workshop and, and, you mm-hmm. know, what it is and who it's for and, and, uh, and, you know, and let's keep it brief and that way we'll, we'll circle back to it at, at the end, yeah. but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, again, I established my company in 2015 revived productions. Um, I thought I was pursuing, you know, documentary style stuff, um, and just went a different route. Like I said, I saw another opportunity, another uh, path and, and I pursued that. So, um, I, I do anything from uh, medical videos to missionary videos, you know, so okay. I cover uh, all kinds of different bases. You know, at first it was just to have, you know, I was just out trying to chase the next paycheck, you know, and to be able to contribute to my family and provide. Um, but it's gotten to the point to where uh, a solid um, clientele of mine, uh, a few of them are in the medical field. And, you know, I, w- with those clients I'm able to really do some other passion projects that I may not otherwise be able to do. Like I said, the missionary stuff. I've been to Guatemala now 10 times, I believe, 11 times. I get it confused because I was actually supposed to go back in March, but that got canceled uh, because of uh, coronavirus. Um, So, um, and that's just been, again, since 2015, 2016. So just in, I guess, four four or five years, um, it's just been uh, a, a tremendous opportunity for me to do that. Um, so I do the, You know, those are the first when I tell people what I do, it's from the missionary field to the medical field um, and anything in between. I've done weddings, you know, and, and still do those from time to time for you know people that I know. Um, you know, I enjoy those. But at the same time, that's a, it's a whole animal in it of itself to to uh, to do wedding videography. That's not really um, what I set out to do, but I don't mind doing them. I enjoy at the end of the day, I'm telling a story. So as long as I'm telling a story, which is anything, it could be about a product, um, it could be about a person, event, whatever. Um, that's what, you know, fuels me. I just look forward to, you know, um, giving somebody, you know, bringing their vision to life, you know, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, right now uh, that's, that's been my focus with the, the medical stuff and, and the missionary stuff. But, you know, I, I uh. I'm just enjoying the ride, to be honest with you. When someone brings something to the table and says, "Hey, do you think you'd be interested in doing this?" You know, fortunately at this point, I have the opportunity to say, uh, "That's you know not really what I do," or "Yeah, let's give it a shot." So um, that's what I really enjoy most about what I do now is that I can decide, you know, what it is that I want to do, and um, you know, and and I certainly get help along the way. I, this is not a although I am a one of one, I don't. Um, you know, uh, when I need to bring in help, I do that because it can be some uh, pretty big undertaking, some of these projects that I've been fortunate to do. So uh, yeah. it's been much different from the TV game. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. So we'll get to the, we'll get to the workshop in a minute, but I have a couple of follow-up questions. So how mm-hmm. do you, what has been your main strategy for, you know, marketing or advertising your video production company? Like how do people find out about it? Cause I mean that, you know, with yeah. any business, that's a big thing. People have to know about it or else they
1: can't patronize it so how do you market it so i'll be honest with you i do very little uh, in regards well for starters i don't think i've at first i probably did some ads but um i was fortunate that i've made so many good relationships through being in tv and being connected with people um that i knew that i could leverage that for what i was pursuing next um so relationships is how I've been able to market, to be honest with you. If, if it wasn't for the relationships that I developed, I mean, I can look back on how I like the, the biggest client that I have today and I can trace that relationship all the way back to when I was in TV. I mean, you know, in a nutshell, the client that the first one that comes to mind, uh, my biggest one that, uh, to date. And, um, I met her through another client because she's actually contracted out by a hospital and she was part of some testimonials and so i met her then and we formed you know uh you know a good you know when we i mean we were just acquaintances we just met but you know we knocked it all you know hit it off right there talking about photography and this and that and um you know got to know each other little did i know she had this actually huge company that she was getting ready to launch and needed a you know someone to produce videos for um i had no idea but, you know, we hit it off, and then months later, she actually followed back around and said, hey, you know, we're looking for someone to do some videos for us. Um, and that's how I landed that opportunity, just by forming that quick relationship with her. Yeah. Now, that, how did I even got that hospital before that was through a relationship that I had in the TV business. The chief photographer and I, um, you know, he did news, I did sports, but we got to know each other. I tried to, you know, get to know everybody that I was working with to an extent. And, um, you know, we hit it off. He was, you know, a sports fan in himself. Um, so, um, you know, we had a friendship and he threw my name out to, uh, his little league coach uh, his, his kids, little league coach about, um, cause they were looking for someone to do video for, um, the, the hospital in Frankfurt. So the capital here in Kentucky and the Frankfurt hospital, and they were looking for someone to do video and he threw out my name. And again, it's relationships. Like, obviously that's word of mouth, but if obviously put a bad taste in the chief, photographer's mouth and he wasn't going to recommend me. So, you know, I've been able to, to look back and see just how, you know, the people were placed in my life for a reason and they've helped me get to where I am. I mean, this is again, nothing I could have done on my own. I, I know that 100% and I can just look back and see, you know, uh, the blueprint of all this in, in hindsight, just to see how it laid out. So, you know, if I can give anybody any advice, I mean, you know, it's, Yes, market yourself um, the best way you see fit, but, you know, don't take relationships for granted. Little did I know any of those things would come to fruition when I was in, you know, when I was covering sports, I didn't know I was going to start my own business, let alone do videos for a major hospital in Kentucky and then turn into a a national, um, you know, business with one of their doctors. And, um, you know, I, I didn't see any of that stuff. All I saw was the people and, you know, to build a relationship with them. And the opportunity that I had to know them, and, and fortunately, they have remembered that, you know, when, when uh, opportunities presented themselves, they would, you know, throw out my name. So um, yeah. that's been the biggest thing for me. I mean, I can attribute my, you know, success, I, I guess I can say confidently, um, to the relationships that I've built over the years. And that's what's, you know, enabled me to grow. I can, you know, say that hundred percent with confidence that that's yeah. been the biggest needle mover for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as, as I've gotten
0: older, one thing I've realized is that people like, you know, even in the business world, people like working with people who they're friends with, like actually, yeah. that's, that's a lot of times how, how business yeah. is done. I mean, you'd rather, you know, uh, uh, be, you know, be friends with someone who you're, who your attorney, you know, or, or you know, the, right. whoever it is, or at least friendly with, maybe you're not friends mm-hmm. with them, but just friendly with, you know, and it makes the whole experience more enjoyable. So the point is like, you know, look, I mean, not to like, uh, this does not, it's not like a slight, but I'm just saying like, matter of fact, like are you the best video production person in America? I I don't know, maybe, but like probably not. But like if, but if people like you and are friends with you and trust you, and if you're at the right price point, then you're actually far more valuable than the best production company in America, because who are they? I mean, they might be complete jerks. They might charge, you know, a thousand times more than you, you know, so you're actually positioned perfectly, and that makes total sense, you know, the relationships and, you know, frankly, I think if you're a good person and do well by people, you know, often you, you can just kind of be yourself, you know, you don't have to put on a front or anything. Um, but that's, that's a great story about how, you know, just your, your TV connections and just people that you simply met and and were nice to and and chatted with, you know, ended up, um, you know, turning into something that you never even expected, uh, years later. So very cool, uh, story. Cause I think there are people out there. I mean, honestly, myself included who, you know spent years in journalism and then are looking to do something you know entrepreneurial and they're not sure what it is and, and a lot of times it is video related because that's just one of the skills that we have
1: yeah. and
0: um you know it just it goes a long way to show you know the, at least the way you've been able to uh just very naturally develop clients but one thing i wanted to ask is um you know i know in the last year uh for anybody who doesn't know i you know stopped uh, uh reporting in in may of at the end of may of 2019 and worked for a school district and also for a, a startup for the last year. And I've done a lot of video work um, with a, you know, I started using a DSLR and um, used a boom mic for the first time and, you know, operated a drone for the first time and stuff, stuff similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. But sometimes I doubt myself and I think, ah, oh, man, you know, I have this news background and, you know, I've done a little bit of sports photography and news photography, but you know, who am I? I don't really have a classical training in, in like documentary filmmaking or in, product photography so I guess my question for you is like did you have to train or study or you know change your photography philosophy at all before starting this or have you just kind of said hey you know I have a good background and and just relied on you know your sports photography transitioning into you know mission missionary you know uh, photography
1: yeah, that, honestly, Bo, that is a great question because it rocked my world when I left TV and got into what I'm doing today. I didn't realize what I did not know um, as, from a technical standpoint. I mean, there was so much that I look at what I do today and, and I look back at what I was you know, doing when I was in TV and I'm like, I, I get, I'm embarrassed by the product that I put out because I'm like, wow, I didn't do this, this and this. And heck, I was in the business for, like I said, 10 years. I mean, it was like, it was incredible, but it's a different animal. I mean, TV has its own style. Um, you know, the filmmaking space has its own style. So um, that's what a lot of people in my, you know, lane call it. in video production. You know, to fancy it up, they say they do filmmaking. Um, so, you know, I did not realize what I did not know. And so I had a lot of learning to do when I stepped out um, because, heck, you know, I thought, you know, the first thing you did as a video production company was go out and buy a camera. So I kind of went out and bought a new style camera and, and quickly realized that that was not the right purchase. I mean, it was, it was the right, pur- actually it was the right purpose for my first documentary because I was covering sports still, um, but from an artistic point of view, um, you know, the, the DSLR, I mean, that's, that's where everyone's at as far as, um, you know, really in my space, you know, the smaller production companies, Yeah. Uh, you know, they, that's where a lot of people are just because it's become, you know, so affordable in the image that they, yield is uh just it's it's cinematic like now so um you know again when i first started this i did a bunch of things wrong and and i learned from them that's it i mean i had no choice i mean i had to either learn and get better or fail and i don't know what plan b would have been to be honest with you i'm not really a plan b type of person i've known since an early age what i wanted to do and i just went after it until it happened And that's kind of how it's worked out for me. I mean, that probably doesn't sound like, you know, it probably doesn't help a whole lot of people thinking, well, man, I mean, that's, you know, kind of reckless, you know, you don't have a plan B, but that's kind of how I'm wired. And, um, you know, so I was going to make it work one way or another, but I had a lot of learning to do when I, when I really wanted to improve my abilities in this area uh, with storytelling. And so um, everything was, um, you know, I mean, and there's so many resources out there, obviously there's limitless free YouTube tutorials, but there's also people who, you know, create courses on this stuff. And I actually bought a course, um, for, um, basically people just starting out. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I already knew, but a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, and the biggest thing that I really did not pay attention to was lighting. And, and I talk about that in my workshop, but that can separate you from everyone else i mean because in sports when i covered you know sports as a as the weekend anchor i mean you have you know i count i've counted multiple times but you have about seven or eight other jobs that you have to do on top of just being the anchor and reporter you have you know you have to be a shooter you know your own videographer you have to be your own producer you put stuff on on the web and um, archiving uh, I mean the, the list uh, the radio spots that you have to do I mean there's just so many things that you have to do on a daily basis that you really kind of get lost in the mix with some of the technical stuff just because you're trying to get this done on a deadline yeah uh, everything that I do now it has a deadline but nothing like TV. I don't have to turn something for the six you know so yeah uh, this is something that I can spend time with um, and so there's a lot of things that I learned uh, with with video with audio with lighting that i was not aware of until i actually dove into this and really tried to create something that was uh special and and that looked different from what i did in tv so um there was a lot of there was a lot of learning that i had to do yeah. uh, to be, so it took me some time and um you know i just invested in, in getting better and, and and learning what i was doing as opposed to just going out and you know turning on the camera hit the white balance, make sure your audio's on, you're good to go. Like that was (laughs) what I think I did in sports. But now my list of things is pretty extensive that I, that I have to do. So, um, you know, and and I like how you said before, like, you know, I'm like, you know, you think that you're not qualified, uh, to do this and, um, that, that imposter, imposter syndrome, you know, that you don't feel like that you belong. Um, heck, I still feel that today, to be honest with you, but the reality is, you know, it, it's up to us, you know, if, if, you know, we feel like we belong. I mean, that's, I know everybody started out at some point, you know, you, everyone starts somewhere. So, um, you know, it's that fake it till you make it t- type of mentality. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, um, it's really up to, to me. If I feel like I belong, I, you know, I, I try not to let anybody uh, validate what it is that I'm doing. I certainly want to get my client's approval and, and then be happy with the end product. But, um, you know, I'm just out pursuing, uh, you know, what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing and, and doing it the best way that I possibly can. So I'm always trying to learn, um, whether it be about this, um, the, the trade that I'm in um, or, you know, and just in general and always trying to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing that when people hire a former
0: journalist, one thing they, they get is somebody who is good with deadlines, you know, and, and that's yeah. uh, not something that should be lost in the shuffle because it's like, you know, we're used to getting stuff done in eight hours and then, you know, you, you segue into other businesses and they're like, all right, this this is due in eight days. And you're like, oh, I got this. You know, I can, mm-hmm. I can, uh, I can definitely turn this around in eight days, you know, versus, yeah. uh, eight hours in some cases. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you say about not being a plan B type of person. Um, you are having a plan B all the time and, you know, there's a couple of things that makes me think of, and I listen to a lot of like business podcasts and stuff like that, and like startup and entrepreneurship. And, you know, there's that term, it's like, you know, they always say like, oh, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, right? I've right. like, all heard that. But then at one point in my life, I heard there, there was a, there's a catchphrase or a, a quote, and it's like, no, no, go put all of your eggs in one basket and guard that basket with your life. And, yeah, you know, right. when I heard that, I was like, I actually kind of like that. I kind of like that. And, and there's a time and a place for both, strategies but sometimes you actually do have to just pick a lane and just like put your foot down on the gas and go you know if you right. spread yourself too thin with too many baskets then none of them you're never you're never gonna have a lot of eggs in any of your baskets you know they're all gonna yeah. be spread out so it's like there, there is a time and a place to uh to really just just go for it you know all in if is the poker analogy right um and sometimes you have to do that you know and just and just live with whatever you know however it comes out on the other side and so it sounds like you did that and, and fortunately have managed to succeed. And I also like your I like your transparency of saying, hey, you know, sometimes you still have the imposter syndrome, but, you know, it's OK. You know, you, you just have you just have to keep trucking ahead and, and trudging ahead and, and forward. And, um, you know, I mean, I heard I heard at one point in my life, someone said, you know, even, the, you know, the, a, a grandmaster of chess, there was a time when they were a beginner. You know even right. the, the best basketball player in the world there was a there was a day when they hadn't even touched a basketball so it's like yeah. you have to keep in mind like even the best people they all had a first day at the thing mm-hmm. they're doing and um you know and, and a lot of people as you become an adult you realize a lot of people don't really know what they're doing <laughs> they, they yeah. just kind of just you know figure it out as they go so yeah um it's uh, something to keep in mind so speaking of courses you you took a course um but now you're basically offering a course and, you know, I don't know a ton about it, but that's why I'm excited to learn about it because I think it's a great idea. And, you know, um, so just, just walk me through the basics of it. I mean, do you, is it in person or is it online? And right. you know, how much does it cost and,
1: and who is it for? Yeah, so the, the name of the course is The Next Level Journalist. And this came to me when I was, uh, I was reading a book on the way out to Vegas for a job. And um, I guess this was... Um, well, it was late last year. So it was obviously before the season hit. So um, this has all come together in less than a year. So I'm pretty excited about that. But, you know, I was reading this book and and um, it's by Dean Graziosi. And, you know, he partnered with Tony Robbins and they created this course uh, to help you basically extract what you know and teach it. And so I've always known that I wanted to, uh, you know, if there were a plan B for me, it was to teach what, I, you know, what it was, you know, but I always thought, you know, go back to your master's or, you know, um, you know, if, if my, if my experience would qualify for me to teach, cause I actually know people who actually didn't go to get their master's, but they were in TV for a couple of years and they actually were like, well, that's more valuable than a master's, you know, teach what you know. So, um, so I thought, you know, that might be a plan B, I guess, if there was one for me, but again, I never really entertained it. Um, but I knew that that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to help aspiring journalists, specifically sports journalists, um, at least at first, to, you know, reach their goals and, and to go after and pursue that dream job, if you will. So I knew that, you know, that's something I could do because it was, I was passionate about sports. I was passionate about helping people, um, still both, you know, I, I, of, of those things that to help people. And so, again, this idea came to me when I read this book and then I and I discovered this course. And basically, this course taught me how to, um, you know, worked on the mindset uh, ideas and then how to extract what it is that, you know, and help others and create this, you know, landing page and, and, and bring people to your site. Um, so that's been a process in itself. Again, this is my first one. So I'm learning a ton about it. Um, and the, the workshop is Saturday, August 15th. It's going to be three hours long. It's going to be on Zoom and it's $99 to sign up. And it's limited to 12 people. So at first I thought, you know, I want to keep this as personal as possible. I want to be able to help as many people possible. I felt like if I just opened it up to everybody, um, you know, it, it, it might get lost in the mix. Like people won't get their questions answered. And, you know, I just really want to get a, you know, first a feel of how this will go and just see, you know, where the chips fall, like all the information that I get out. Half of it is recorded because I, I knew that, you know, well, the interviews, uh, there's two conversations within the workshop, one with Krista, who we've talked about earlier on, you know, she was uh, the sports director at KOSA and she has seven years as sports director experience, 10 years, in the, just under 10 years of experience. And the other conversation is with someone who's in the business right now. His name is Joe Daneman. He's the sports director at the Fox affiliate in Cincinnati. And so he talks about his 20 years of experience. Um, And obviously what the state of the business is like right now. And right now it's radically different, right? I mean, sports is barely going on, you know, so uh, the way that's being covered, you know, he just brings tremendous insight to it. I mean, the timing of this couldn't be better for teaching aspiring journalists. Like if they're going out for their first job, this is what it looks like right now. And this is what you need to know. So, you know, his portion alone, I feel like is worth, you know the price of admission, just because he brings so much knowledge for 20 years, let alone what's going on right now. Um, so those two will talk about their experiences. I, again, I share what my experience as well and the things that I've learned from TV to the video production side, and and again how I mentioned how I've had to learn so much more, so I incorporate that to where it's like, look, you can learn these things in these few hours, and you can save yourself years. Like I said, it took me 10 years to get to uh, to the point that I was uh, well, let's see, 2000, yeah, more than 10 years uh, to get to where I am today with everything. And I'm going to give this to you in three hours and, you know, you know, take the stuff that serves you and, and, you know, throw away that stuff that you don't think does. So, um, that was my goal with this workshop to, you know, make an impact on people who, you know, I was in their shoes, uh, 15 years ago, I guess, and, um, and help them avoid some of the mistakes that I made and and just help separate them, you know, because there are so many people. I mean, as you know, like there are so many people who want to get in TV in general, but you think about the sports department, so much harder to break through because there are only a couple of sports positions at each station versus the number of anchors and reporters that are there, you know. yeah. Uh, Again, when I was in Texas, it was me and Krista. That's it. We're a two-person sports department. It was the same at the other stations as well. So you have to think there's maybe three, four stations in town at most in two positions at each one that's less than 10 jobs in that market. So you want to talk about crazy competitive. And I know hundreds of people are applying for those jobs. Right. Um, and I was able to, you know, um, break through in my first one. I ultimately lost that job. I don't even think I said that. Um, I was let go from that job. Um, but that experience afforded me the ability to land my next one, which took me to Texas and, again, I share all that stuff in this workshop about how I basically navigated through this industry and, um, and where I am today and, and all that stuff. I just feel like, um, you know, my experiences, Krista's, Joe's would just help the next, uh, you know, whoever is part of this, um, you know, tremendously, you know, it's that whole idea of getting better, you know, faster. So, you know, learn from us and, um, save yourself a lot of years of frustration and, and whatnot so that's how this whole idea came together i'm excited about it um you know and and just see where it goes because i i don't intend for this to be the last one you know as i mentioned to you when i reached out to you i i plan to expand this to to something even more than just sports yeah yeah this is a great idea so
0: um well with the way things have have flowed in our conversation which has been fantastic um let's we'll we'll, we'll kind of start to wrap things up now but let's uh Let's point people towards, um, you know, what, wh- what website do they need to go to, to sign up for the the workshop or learn more about it? And, and where can people find you? You know, where's the best place for people to just find you in general and your company and everything that you do online?
1: Yeah. So my, my website for my company is revived productions. That's R E V I V E D productions with an S.com. And so that showcases, you know, everything that I do and have done, um, And you can easily connect with me on, you know, I've got my links there to to connect on Twitter, LinkedIn, and and Facebook and stuff like that. So I've been pushing this workshop through all of my platforms as many as I possibly can. Um, In the workshop itself, it does have a website. It is www.thenextleveljournalist.com. And, and again, it's got, you know, more information about the, the, the workshop itself, who's part of it, what to expect. And, um, You know, again, I'm just excited about, you know, uh, what it could potentially do for someone who's, you know, trying to break into this crazy industry. Yeah, absolutely. And it
0: is a, it is a pretty crazy industry, um, in many ways, but it's, uh, it's, it's great life experiences that, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't trade or or wouldn't uh, take back and, um, and, you know, it's different. I mean, I, you know, there was a time where I thought I would stay in it forever and I, I may get back into it, um right now, I'm, I'm not currently in it, you know, it's been about a year out of it, um, and, uh, but there's people that, you know, do it for their entire lives, and and uh, it, it's, it can be a great and very rewarding uh, career, so it's, sure. it's but it, it's definitely a journey, and it definitely gives you a lot of stories to tell, and a lot of memories, and, you know, you meet, you just meet a ton of people, I mean, people don't realize, like, you know, when you do the math, and, and you're probably the same way, I mean, when I was in you know, Odessa. I, I did. I did at least a thousand stories, like a thousand wow. different stories. And when you do a thousand story, you know, for every story, you're usually meeting at least three people. <laughs> right. So it's like I met at least three thousand people. Like that's crazy. You know, to meet three thousand yeah. people. You know, intimately, like like shake their hand, say hello. You know. Um, yeah. And then I did the same thing in in Connecticut and in and in uh, Pittsburgh. So it's like I've literally met over ten thousand people through this career, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it's like you said too. I mean, if you end up getting out of it and starting a business, you, you should, you should keep business cards and keep people's emails and, you know, be yeah. genuine with people and be friendly and just be yourself. And you never know out of those 10,000 people, you know, which ones could end up being
1: a friend or a client or, you know, what have you. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's a great point. I mean, I, I never thought about, you know, how many people that I've actually, met, I've like you know, I touched on the relationships thing, but you know, like you said, here we are, you and I talking some years later. I couldn't I couldn't even think of the last time we actually saw each other. It had to be Texas. Um yeah. you know, from when we worked together and 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 I'd be doing this an injustice if I didn't talk about your football skills for to people. So you know we played <laughs> some flag football together. So you know we got to know each other uh pretty good while we were there. And um you know here we are talking about uh, those old times and, and and hopefully helping people along the way from our experience, you know, so that they can, you know, get some value from this conversation that, um, you know, there's, you know, we're, we're each putting each other's life for a reason and we can help each other along the way. And I think this is just a testimony to that. Here we are, uh, you know, trying to help each other out along this crazy, uh, journey of life.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, that's what it's all about. And, you know, people I think helped us when we were younger and, um, yeah. You know, it's just it's just a cycle and a circle and you know you wanna you wanna feed back into that and, and help out other people. And you know, we have the technology now to do it. You know, fifteen yep. years ago this this wasn't really a thing that people were doing. And um, you know, people listen to podcasts now and hopefully, you know, you know, even if one person hears this and, and gets something out of it, then then it was worth it. Um and yeah, those sure. football days were fun. I mean, we you know we were in West yeah. Texas, but um, I feel like that small of a market, you know, it was kind of like the wild, wild west. You know, our, our, we were playing flag football with our news director, <laughs> yeah. uh, Jose, you know, he he was like the captain of the team and he, he he had like a recruiting mill right out of the station where he was taking his on-air, on-air personalities and putting them, <laughs> putting them out there on the field and trying to, I
1: think that was a prerequisite to get a position there. I mean, he, I think he sized up people for their athletic ability. <laughs>
0: i mean it's hilarious yeah it probably probably wasn't even fair but he 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 did i think he did do that you know he he was uh like how you know how how faster how fast are you like what like uh, why does that matter i mean i'm going to be a reporter at your station you know (laughs) what's your 40 time um but no we we had some good times and uh and jose man i mean talk about a competitor i mean he you know he, he was in his 30s at that point we were in our early 20s and so we probably you know, had a little bit more flexibility or whatever at that point, but, um, you know, physically or agility. But, uh, I mean, I remember he went out and recruited some guys to join the team who, you know, were ex-Texas Tech linebackers and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean the, it, for anyone doesn't know, you know, Texas football, like, yeah, that flag football was – I mean, there's people out there with their wristbands calling plays out. It was the real deal. So that was quite the experience. Um, yeah, that was that – That's the stuff that really sticks with me you know, like those times and the people that you meet, you know, you mentioned the the amount of people that you meet, but uh, you know, those friendships, like that's, that's, that's probably the most rewarding part of the business is the people that you meet along the way from all around the country. And you, you form these lifelong connections to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And you know, this, this, uh, like you said, this, the, the fact that we've been doing this podcast is a uh, definitely a testimonial to that. So all right. Well, I hope uh, listeners, you know, um, you know, if they know some, you know, maybe if you're listening to this and you're like 29 years old and been in the business, maybe Next Level Journalist is for you. Maybe it isn't for you, but maybe you know somebody who, you know, is in college or, you know, starting out and, and you know, wants to make an investment in their future. So, you know, anybody listening, you know, uh, might be worth passing on uh, the website, thenextleveljournalist.com or at least directing people to, uh, Kyle's main website, revive to just check things out and, you know, take a look around and, um, it's not too late to sign up. I don't think for the, uh, the workshop, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Saturday, August uh, 15th is the day. So I don't know when they're hearing this. So, you know, obviously they could hear this 20 years from now. So, <laughs> um, but August 15th is the day from 9am to 12pm Eastern time.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah, no, they, they will hear this, I guess in the future, but yeah, this is, uh, we'll, we'll do a timestamp August 15th, 2020 is the, is the, uh, there you go. the, uh, the workshop and, uh, you know, you can sign up online and, and so, Hey, thanks a lot for, uh, taking the time to talk today and, uh, really appreciate all of your insights and you have a very cool story. We could probably sit here and do this for hours, but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll be respectful of everybody's time and, and put a cap on it, but, uh, we'll have to have you back on again sometime and, uh, catch up with how everything's, everything's going with the, uh, the business and the workshop and, uh, my, my best to, uh, you know,
1: you, you and your family after all these years. I appreciate you for this time, man, and and what you're doing. And I look forward to more conversations. All right. Thanks, Kyle. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the reporter podcast with Bo Berman. Please share, subscribe, and leave a review on Apple podcasts.